Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read the book. I didn't read the book, but I know who she is. What this we week we're about? doing Michelle Obama. She wrote a book called Becoming. Becoming Michelle Obama. It came out in November 2018. It has sold over 10 million copies across all platforms. Mm. I can't believe it. That's a no, hot I can't, penny. I can't believe it. I heard it was the best going on track to be the best selling autobiography. Is that right? Well, that's what the publisher said. Wow. They flex them. It's, it's, it's popular. That's why we're doing it. You want to know? Here we go. Let's get into it. What do you know? That's oh. what we'll start with. Because I read the book, but right. you obviously lived through no right. life. She, was, she existed. Uh, it, it's over the past probably three years I've become more acquainted with her, her work as a civil servant in... Uh, in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, you followed my, Michelle's. Yeah, my my understanding is that that she was actually like, she was a little bit more of the 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 renegade in in, in public life there, mm-hmm. uh, in, in opposed to Barack, who was seems from my understanding is he just kind of had all of the right items that the the politics of the area they were like yes we can support this like everybody looked and went yep that guy and that just kept happening and and to the point where even she was was like yeah that this guy yeah <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah i think yeah comes, she comes... she was even like her his boss like uh, her, yeah, yeah we're gonna get into yeah, that. yeah 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 so like i know that you know, that was like the power dynamic um so like she she was a bamf and yeah. uh and, and <laughs> look that up if a you don't power couple like i mean amazing so that yeah. that's really my entry for it so i and everybody is reading this book. My girlfriend's reading this book right now, so it, it's it's super popular. So Oprah read the book. It's now, on her list. I get to feel a little bit like I read it. <laughs> Here we go. So do you. We're just going to go through, since it's an autobiography, we're just going to go through her yeah. whole life, and then afterwards we'll talk about what you can talk about with it. Um, the beginning of the book starts out where she is just at her house in Chicago after everything's happened. How is it told? Is it like, is it first person or like, how does, how does she go about? Yeah, it's in, yeah, it's in first person. Yeah. And she's, she kind of goes through in a chronological order. Do you want me to read a section of it first? Sure. Or should we save it? Whenever you'd like, but at some point. Okay. I'm going to save it for the part in the story where it happens. All right. And then you'll know why when I read it. Cool. Um, But yeah, so it starts out and she's just sitting at home. Her kids are off in college now. Barack's out doing something. And she was just saying the, not, I wouldn't say the fallout, but just the the effects of it and the fact that there was just a couple things that I thought were interesting. How she was saying what a joy it was to take a plate off of a shelf in the kitchen cupboard and put a piece of toast on it. Um, just little things like that that you wouldn't think about yeah. as a first lady where it's like everybody's doing everything for you. Yeah. Not complaining about the privilege of it by any means, but just being like the fact that I could open up the window and feel the spring air. Right. All the windows are bulletproof in the oh, White yeah. House and like you can't open them. There's a certain sense of claustrophobia. So she wasn't complaining about it by any means, but it was just an interesting way to start the book being like, this is my life now. It was funny. She was saying that her dogs were confused because there's no barking at the White House. There's no other dogs. They don't have any neighbors. So the fact that these dogs are now going out into the yard and there's a bunch of barking and a ruckus, they look confused. But she was just saying now, you know, that back then was the time to be the first lady and do all this stuff. And now here I am in this new place 
and now I have a lot I want to say. Reminds me of a movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was about Jackie Kennedy. It's just called Jackie. Um, Natalie Portman plays her, and it's set. It's kind of framed around uh, a reporter. The first interview she gave after the assassination of President Kennedy, and so she's out of the White House, back at a home, and uh, I think it's Cape Cod, and and that is very much kind of the the elephant in the room. Is like two weeks ago you were in the White House, and the Secret Service followed you every step, and now you're alone in this house. With somebody with that much public eye on them, it's like you I, feel, yeah, you, yeah. You get, like I imagine that, that in in uh, Michelle's case, though, that must be incredibly refreshing to just be able to go yeah. hear the windows. <laughs> well, she also said she she will never be in politics mm. just to get that cat out of the bag. Oh, really? She's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. And I listened to her interview. Conan O'Brien did an interview with her, which was pretty interesting about the book. When? Oh, okay, well. so yeah, yeah it's yeah. recent. Yeah. She was saying, like, I understand now that I will never be able to understand what it's like to stand in line at Chipotle because I am the center of attention anywhere I go. And that's just the way that it is now. She's yeah. like, I can't understand my constituents if I were to become. And she just doesn't have that in her. Like Barack, like you said, he's he's the one that's got that mind and that energy and that yeah. will and all that stuff. And she's just like, I... Even if I did want to, it would do a disservice to whoever I served because I I can't possibly understand what it's like anymore. Essentially, she's like I I want to I want to I want to build up the next generation of that and and show them like hey this is my story here's what right. you can do but that's not my place to be the person leading that it's the it's the kids and the the young people and those that are able to do it further down the line. Well, in a way, that's refreshing to have somebody that's like, no, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. And like, if her being her, you're like, well, I guess she's going to do it. You know, like, yeah. it's nice that like, it's nice when you see people just doing the thing, and whatever their field is, whatever they're inspired by, and just like, you know, you can, you know, leave it to them almost, and not not like get involved, but if you want to. But it's nice to see people. Who, who don't get distracted by, well, well, I could be president, you know? Yeah, she's just like, not my game, (laughs) not my style. It's like, no, I want to help kids. And you're like, oh, awesome. Okay, I guess she really is, because she's going to. And and it feels like often these these public figures can just say, if they don't want, if they don't have some sort of higher goal, that they're, what are they really doing? You know, like, I don't trust them. You know, it, it seems like, that's it's just refreshing to see somebody just yeah. like, forge their path. It and is be like, no, this is what I want. So just starting out chapter one, going she she is the very rules and structures and systems. Barack Obama's from Hawaii or grew up in Hawaii. Mm. So um he is much more, you know, the Hawaiian like loose and you know, she he's always sauntering behind. She's like, We gotta go over here. Mm-hmm. Just the, that that energy dynamic. But growing up, she's always trying to please people or figure out what is the way of going about doing this. You know, like climbing a very specific ladder, doing those specific things. The interesting bits I found, growing up, a big part of her life, her dad had MS, which is multiple sclerosis. Mm. But he was very stoic and reserved. And everything that, that her parents did, they did for the kids. She also has an older brother. Um, who's now a basketball coach for a college. Yeah. That's cool. So, but her dad 
and her mom basically lived and had their crappy jobs and, you know, supported them and made concessions so that their kids could be successful. But a big part of that was her dad was slowly over the course of time of her childhood. She never knew a time where he wasn't on a crutch or, you know, slow to go up the stairs and it just worsened and worsened. But he mm. never complained about it. He never went to see a doctor until it was too late. He never made a mention of it. That kind of thing. Dad, you're on the floor. I got it. Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> Basically until the end. But that was such a emotional yeah. series of events that happened with her. Yeah. That maybe some people can relate to of just that like it's it's hard now because we're so focused, or at least I feel like a lot of people are focused on where I'm going versus like I'm giving up everything for my kids. Right. So that they can accomplish something because this is where I came from and that maybe it's an older generation thing. But that is a big part of her upbringing. So at the beginning, she's trying to learn how to play piano. Her aunt lives underneath them and knows how to play the piano. Mm -hmm. And this is a metaphor that she carries through later on. But her aunt's piano is crappy and has all these broken keys. And a big part of playing the piano is finding middle C. And that's where you start. That's where your right thumb, your thumbs rest. And when you're five years old, it's a giant swath right. of 86 yeah. keys. But she knew because there was a little chip out of it. Oh, nice. And that's how she learned. Yeah. <laughs> it was right there. And the then they go to tape her... on it. Yeah. The green one. <laughs> yeah. That's what they start you out with. Yeah. Um, but they go to this recital and she goes up to the piano and she had a falling out with her aunt about whatever, being a little kid and problems and blah, blah, blah. So they were in a tiff. But the piano that they play at the recital is perfect and glossy and, mm. you know, just oh, finding that. Yeah, so she's yeah. just panicked because oh. she doesn't know. But her aunt just walks up, you know, not making fun of her, chastising or anything, just like taps her finger on it and finds it. But that was an interesting metaphor for like yeah. the two different worlds that she was existing in or like what you're like, oh, well, I know this thing because of all of the flaws and imperfections and like where to start. But then going into this whole other arena where it's like, you don't have this, you know, the kids that were used to the great piano <laughs> knew exactly yeah. where it was and they had the advantage, right. you know, but like coming from the South side of Chicago with parents who were sacrificing a lot to give her a better future, you could see the disparity between, okay, well, it's not necessarily this person is better or this is, you know, mm -hmm. they just knew, you know, they just always had a nice piano and they knew where middle C was. Yeah. But that panic of like, oh no, what am I doing here? Right. I don't feel, com you know, like I'm used to this other thing or I didn't have the perfect pianos yeah. to start out with. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever way you've been doing something and now you are forced to go around it. Like yeah. there is a, you know, like the, the road is blocked. You must turn left. You're like... Yeah, uh, that's an and the people that come in to help you. She had yeah. a bunch of so her mom and her, like I said, her mom and dad were super influential. But her mom recognized that she had some horrible second grade teacher in this terrible public school mm. and requested that she got moved up a grade. Mm -hmm. So her and a couple other kids were able to, and that carried... a couple other kids. How bad was this teacher? <laughs> well, awful. Oh god. So that carried with her in the rest of her life because she was like, if I was stuck in that second grade classroom uh. for a whole, because her mom would hear her coming home and complaining about it. But she's like, I think about the kids that were just stuck in that basement room with this terrible teacher who didn't want to teach and was just there out of circumstance. And she's like, the fact that my mom recognized that and, and pushed me forward and gave me that opportunity. There's people outside of, and that's kind of what she wants to be now is, Hey, I had these resources. I was given these right. things. How do I push pe other people forward or recognize that situation in other a... people? But her mom, yeah, her mom helped her with that. 
talking about the, the, the horrible teacher. I did have a second grade teacher. Uh, this was right after my mom left my father. So it was a very, very turbulent time in my life. But I, we had went to... We had went to live uh, temporarily with a friend of my mother's, and then we were getting set up in that town thinking about buying a house there, and so I was starting school there. And so I had two weeks in public school at this place, and I had my homeroom teacher. I was in second grade. Number one, the school put me on edge because all over the halls were where the wild things are, just painted. And, you know, it just spoke volumes to me, because the point of a lot of those illustrations are is they're uncomfortable. Yeah. And these people plastered them <laughs> all over the hallways of this place. There was one day uh, that we were given a worksheet, and I looked at it, and I went, I know all these answers. I know all of this. Yeah. And I just went down. I was just like, I know this. <laughs> hey, there's a mistake. And I like, I raised up my hand, and I was like, hey, uh, we, we did this. We, you know, I did, I early soon, you know, I'm like, I yeah. did this. I did this yesterday or two days ago. She goes, oh, well, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I have, the, I'm like, oh, you're a bad teacher. Cause I like, I hadn't encountered one. I actually yeah. hadn't. Uh, I, I, I'd had great teachers where, you know, where I was from and I'd never experienced just a total apathetic teacher and, and, and almost a school that just had no concept that that children are conscious i yeah. suppose it was very odd so just going through the system lo and behold like my my mother's friend came to pick me up from school one day and she just found me hiding like away from everybody like eating ice cream by myself it they were having an ice cream day but i was just like i just wanted to get my stuff and be away like and she could tell i was having a, a bad time and like all i had to do was tell my mom the the two things i've said yeah. and, you know she just pulled me right out of there it was like no nope. yeah <laughs> no way <laughs> so yeah. i i think that last day when i was found with just ice cream hiding literally under a table while children are running rampant <laughs> I don't know. It was a very odd thing, but I'd never experienced any of that before. But thank God that, number one, my my mom's friend and my mom were like, wow, okay, yeah. uh, bye. But it's wild how those, yeah, the fact gotcha, that yeah. the fact that, that can also spiral where it's like, okay, well, now those kids are stuck in that class, and then they're in this, and then they're in this, and then they're not recognized for this. I think that's what her, the pillar that she, Michelle right. is standing on now yeah. is like, I was given that so early on because of the my parents had the fortitude and the people that were around me. And it was just these small steps that I became what I am now. Yeah. I mean, it's also not to say that, like, all of it is terrible. Not to no, I'm it's just... It's mostly but, 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 an individual person that's, like, not mostly, in yes. the system. But, but, but the system just needs to be... Re, somebody just needs to be looking at it. <laughs> yeah. It needs, it needs some, some help. Some love in there, yeah. Because I think it's I think it's naive to be like, oh, change the whole system, every, you know. But, the, well, but I mean, to have individual voices that say, hey, I'm never for throwing this, the, ba the, the baby out with the bathwater. I think always keep what's good. But let's think of what you know. What's not good? How can we'll use some new ideas? Yeah. Um, there just needs some work. I, my in that case, it was very like I'd said, I'd never experienced that before. So, and I don't think I'd honestly experienced anything quite like that since. Um, so it's not like it's totally rampant, but I educate, but bottom, I think mostly they could just use some more money, honestly. Yeah. Well, everybody could use some more money. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. <Taylor. laughs> just let's print more. Yeah. <laughs>
My no, solution. That, no, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did it, and it worked out really well. For no, me. the money's not worth anything anymore. <laughs> but speaking of school, yeah. So she went on to uh, advanced high school. Her parents got her into that. She had to take three city buses or something crazy. It was Jeez. in was not in the South Side. Oh, really? It was for oh, yeah. It was in downtown. Um, so this was this special high school, and she realized there that it was safe to be smart. That's what she said. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. She gets into Princeton after that from that school, but there was a terrible guidance counselor who was like, you don't seem like Princeton material. And she, again, being competitive and being, these are the, these are the paths, this is the system, this is what I've got to do, Yeah, was like, nah, I'm going to get into Princeton. <laughs> and she says this statistic that it's two to one men to women and 9% of the population of Princeton is black in the time she goes there. Um, so after that, she goes to Harvard Law School. Uh, Never heard it. of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, what is that? What? Um <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some of the some of the text. So the so the context for this section is she has graduated Harvard Law School, goes Big back group. to Chicago to work for a firm, hmm. and is doing that for a little bit. For for some reason, this is written in the second person, but that's just a part of it. Weird. <laughs> well, where's that editor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get on, get Calling on. Chapter out seven in this week's email. But anyway, so now she's here. She's you know she's climbing the ladder. She did it. She's like lamenting the process. Is there anything to question? It doesn't seem that way. You're a lawyer now. You've taken everything ever given to you: the love of your parents, the faith of your teachers, the music from Southside and Robbie, the meals from Aunt Sis, the vocabulary words drilled into you by Dandy, and converted it to this. You've climbed the mountain. And part of your job, aside from parsing abstract intellectual property issues for big corporations, is to help cultivate the next set of young lawyers being courted by the firm. A senior partner asks if you'll mentor an incoming summer associate, and the answer is easy. Of course you will. You have yet to understand the altering force of a simple yes. You don't know that when a memo arrives to confirm the assignment, some deep and unseen fault line in your life has begun to tremble, and that some hold is already starting to slip. Next to your name is another name, that of some hotshot law student who's busy climbing his own ladder. Like you, he's black and from Harvard. Other than that, you know nothing. Just the name. And it's an odd one. Mm. I think about that very feeling all the time, that when you don't, when you aren't aware of the moment, mm -hmm. that it shifted, whatever it was. Uh, so often, we just blaze over those, and it's not... But well, you can't then, even really know it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so I, I, I think about that a lot of just, just trying to be conscious of, of what's happening in my life of, and, and what the large motions might be happening day to day, yeah. month to month, year to year. Because you have to look at it in hindsight, but you can definitely not let it slip by. Right. He's from Harvard, like her. He's three years older than her, and he was late on day one. We're speaking about Barack Obama, of course, obviously, in case you didn't pick up on that. Late. She said not once did she think about dating him. A, because it's like he's the mentee and she's the mentor. But he smoked cigarettes. She thought he was... <laughs> his demeanor was lackadaisical and, you know... I mean, he was a smart dude. He was obviously... Sure, yeah. um, they eventually went on a date. He asked her out on a date. Yep. 
I did not see the film. I think there's a film about this, Southside with You. Oh, is there? Yeah. And it, and I, it got a little bit of buzz um, when it came out. Uh, generally heard okay things about it. So I should have checked that out, but I, ha- I have not seen it. But if anybody out there wants to hear more about maybe that first date, I think that's the whole movie. Okay. It's just that first date. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll put a link. Yeah. I'll put links yeah, everywhere. Yeah, but I should shoot that link. <laughs> Illiterate at gmail.com. Email. E- I said email. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> At we mail. At we live this every At email.com. I thought you said weast. I don't know what that's from. <laughs> SpongeBob. East. No. <laughs> SpongeBob. We have a SpongeBob reference in every episode. It will. It Find just... it. Uh, I dare you. Then email us. At illiterate at email.com. Barack Obama had to go back for the summer. After the summer. It was just a summer thing. Thank God. Mentee. Get him out of here. <laughs> and then he's he's got to go back to Harvard. She's like, wait a second. Am I going to be in this relationship? What in the world's going on? But they stick it together, long distance. This girl that she was really close with, Suzanne, crazy girl, all over the place, in a good way, traveling, yeah. visiting, whatever. She gets cancer oh and gosh. dies at 26. Oh, jeez. So that kind of hits Michelle hard and it's like, what am I doing? Because she's doing, you know, like I said, the lawyerly corporate ladder, all that stuff. And it's like, here's one of these people that I didn't keep in touch with because I was, or we did, but we, we could have sustained. And she was really out there doing it. She was in the temples of oh Thailand gosh. and she was traveling the world and all this stuff. And then I just visited out her on her. She got to see her before she died, but it was like she was in a coma in the hospital. Oh my God. And uh, she was like, what, what? You know, yeah, that might be a huge wake up. So she starts to journal because now she's dating Barack and she's like, I hate being a lawyer and I'm in love with this guy. And what am I going to do? She's jaded by the system. Barack is super confident about what he wants to do with civil service and not making concessions. He has this terrible car that has a rusted out hole in the floor (laughs) and he doesn't have a lot of money. And he's, you know, she's like, this is got bad hair and he's He's tall and lanky. And thank God for those eyes. Yeah. (laughs) She wasn't attracted to him, but now she's starting to see this other side, this other personality. Yeah. Um, and so they, you know, start joking about marriage and about their differences. And her father eventually succumbs to the MS and dies so that's the second kind of you know gut punch of like people around me are dying people that i care about and what am i i'm still here what am i really trying to do something yeah what am i really trying to do and she's like well maybe i'm putting out feelers what can i do with my law degree that's not corporate yeah garbage that i don't care about Yeah. yeah so she's interested in city hall that barack and her are having dinner and they're talking about marriage again and he's you know, Lucy Goose, Hawaiian against it. Just being like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> you love e- we love each other. and We got it all right here. But she comes from <laughs> the institutional, you know, she saw her parents. She wants the house, the white picket fence. If we love each other, we get married. <laughs> We're one thing together. So they're arguing. They get dessert. She opens up the platter. It's the ring. He goes down on one knee. Ah! Oh! And then she's like, you baited me. Damn. You got me all hyped. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great that's good yeah that's good what's so, the point <laughs> she's like well let me tell you what yeah there it is will ya yeah because and she jokes because she's like he knew that that's the last time that he could argue his position because they're you know, one last time <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> that's lawyers. hilarious 
So now they're living together, and uh, she gets the city hall job working for the mayor's office. Immensely more, feels a much more of a sense of purpose. Yeah. I imagine. They get married in 1992. Um, and. Also, the year I was born, big things. Big, <laughs> big things. things. Evan was born. They got married. He had this book that he was writing that he got an advance on. Who, me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> The book is called Dreams from My Father. He blew the deadline. So he owed them the advance back. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, Barack. Yeah. So he flies over to Bali to finish it because uh, his family that is in Indonesia is there. And they're like, well, you can stay here for a few weeks. Hmm. So he gets it done there. And now she's starting to get worried. She's like, this isn't, this is, this guy's crazy. Look at this life that I've now put myself up in. He's blowing Not making deadlines, flying, flying around the world. <laughs> yeah, just all over the place. She, and so she's again questioning this, these concepts that she's held her whole life about stability. They're doing so much. He's teaching at a college. He's hmm. working as a lawyer. He's doing city organizing. All this stuff. Constitutional law, correct? I don't know. Constitutional law? Is that what he's teaching? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. She's working for this organization called Public Allies as the executive director, hmm. investing in the community. Executive director. She just became the executive. Mm -hmm. She had all these connections from yeah. The, you can run us stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How interesting. Just a complete reduction in salary. <laughs> just all of the trappings that she didn't have from the oh, really? from the law stuff. So that's a big deal for her there. Yeah. But they're 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 just blasting it out. Um, Barack's making things happen. Moves, 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 moves. In that time, Barack's mom gets cancer. Ooh. Just I, everybody's getting cancer. That's or just die. I mean, I guess that's what happens as you grow. I wonder what's <laughs> happening people, in the larger picture here. What's people. going on behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> Evan and his cancer conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I will find the conspiracy. I'll, that's what it is. That's what I'll bring to the table every week. I'll bring the <laughs> conspiracies this about week, Michelle Obama conspiracy theories. But he's thinking about running for the state senate, hmm. in addition to the other stuff that he's doing. Lawyer, Barack. teacher, organizer. Hold up now. She's not into it. But she says, you know, he's got his purpose. I have mine. She becomes the associate dean for community relations at the University of Chicago. Hmm. 32 years old now, just for a little bit of timeline wow. context. Um, this was a big deal that people didn't know. I guess this is what this book talked about is she had a bunch of pregnancy problems had a miscarriage oh. so they had to do in vitro fertilization i did not know their kids yeah <laughs> so in 2001 they have another baby my god sasha they're out of control she starts working for the university hospital in another community engagement kind of thing they're 38 now or she's 38 and her brother's marriage fell apart the guy that eventually becomes the basketball coach. Right. And she kind of realizes the, the, the cracks in their marriage. So they go to couples counseling. Hmm. Which I thought Ahead was of a, the game. Just ahead going of the like, game. This is coming down the pike. We don't get ahead of it. Yeah. It's interesting, though, in seeing... I, I mean, the book is reflection, reflection, reflection. Her like moments see, of like, sobriety are yeah, interesting. To be like, hey, this is where we saw something and we acted on it. Mm -hmm. Or here's the hindsight and mm -hmm. I'm glad that we did this. Or just stuff that's like, look, they get, everybody's got problems. You look at you, the 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 cultural conception of the power couple and, mm. the, you know, all that stuff. It's like, that wasn't that long ago that they were like, maybe this isn't going to work. Right. You know? 
The hindsight. That's wild. So now she's full-on mother. She's still doing this part-time thing at the hospital, but she feels like it's such a difficult balance because she's losing ground there and not really committing to that and then not really committing to her kid's life. <laughs> she talks about sitting in her car in front of Chipotle. Chipotle just keeps coming up. She likes she Chipotle. Lo- she loves it. <laughs> Does she really? Yeah. <laughs> Does she love it? Um, but just the shopping mall, bop in, bop into the baby gap, bop into CVS, bop into Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And then just sitting outside in her car being like, I did it. The allure, the, just the, the, she said, you know, what passes for achievement at that point is so strange and unrespected. Right. There's a, there's a musical that I really like called Working, which is based on an old book mm. that Studs Terkel wrote, where he just interviews different people of all walks of life in America. Mm-hmm professionally about their work just all different kinds of things the green person who just you know started at the hospital to the doctor that's been there for 40 years that's cool to the guy who's putting up power lines to the gal who's answering email but there's a in the they turned it into a musical and there is a song in it that's i tear up at the end of it but it's called just a housewife it's like all the things that you do that nobody cares about and they make fun of you on the late night shows because yeah. people don't think it's important. But it's like that is you feel so oh, incredible when it's like I did all this and I'm sitting in my car and I got Chipotle and I'm going to pick up my kid. Like all the little things that you do. Oh, yeah. And that's what this reminded me of, of that, of that. And to see in her life, she's like, OK, now she's 40 and she's doing all this and how different. Amazing when we say housewife, stuff. what we kind of traditionally mean without mean without saying it is assistant. To like the the operations that they perform traditionally in that kind of dynamic is you like, would hire somebody else to. That's what in this business we call personal assistants. Like yeah. that that is ex- they almost perform the exact same tasks. Like so, what I'm saying there is it is a lot of work. Yeah, it it takes a lot, and so and that yeah. is often often glazed over. If you're doing it right, it it I mean it it takes work, and if you're doing it right enough to feel good about it yeah it's like it it's a it's a that's a slog like that is that's that's your life that's every day every hour yeah and you got to get it all done and i'm glad she addressed it in here it's a tough call though to be like this is like i said she had also had the part-time thing but she's saying i my ambitions were numbed but these are the trade-offs you know yeah and she she addresses the, the the confusion and the pain of being like Barack's running for state senate, he's doing right. all this stuff and like I think it's interesting now because she is in the spotlight and Barack has taken a right. step back. Yeah. And maybe they made some tacit agreement or it was an unspoken thing of like they're both really smart, strong, independent, <laughs> powerful, ambitious people. And that was his thing. Yeah. And now it's her thing. Yeah. You know? And so tying into what you said, if so he runs uh, for the actual Senate at this point. And she's like, if you don't win, you have to move on from politics because hmm. it's not working out, you know. It's right before you get on the court. If you don't get this basket, <laughs> exactly. it's over. <laughs> and he says, okay. Some bizarre turn of events scandal between these uh, the Republican opponents leaves everybody jaded by them. And at a certain point, he had no opponent in the race. <laughs> so then they threw well, somebody... Michelle, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then they threw somebody in there. Of course, he ends up winning. Yeah. 
And then he gives the speech at the Democratic National and Convention. And then it's on to the raises. In 04, which he prepared for. Yeah. He didn't use a teleprompter. He memorized it. This was yeah. his moment. Um, Go watch this speech. This is YouTube, like, I'll this link this it is for a, sure. Yeah, this, this is, is what this got is him the president. Also, probably in the next 30 years will be yeah. like in the books of like yes. top 50 speeches ever in American history or other history. Yeah, go watch this speech. Because this was the turning point. People were chanting Obama yeah. after he gave it. I mean, it's incredible. Regardless of your One political speech, affiliation or just from a... Before. Everybody thought it was a crazy idea to even put somebody like that on the stage. Like a nobody, literally, you know, first term senator at the Democratic convention. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, nobody even knows. Nobody can even say his name, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. And so the fact that people are like, oh, look at this overnight success. I mean, Michelle has seen all of the stuff that he's done previous. This is the start of their public life, which she did not ask for. But she's, it's slowly mm. coming about. It's not like a flash yeah. in the pan where it's like, oh, no, now every Sunday. It's a, it's a growing, growing thing. So then this book that he delayed on gets back on the New York Times. Or it wasn't on the bestsellers list, but because Bam. who's this Obama guy? Boom. On the New York Times bestsellers list after a decade of being out. He wrote it a decade ago. Like, and then it comes back. Wrote um, it behind schedule a decade. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, now all these rumors about him running for president. So he wanted to run. She wasn't into it. So the I big... mean, I can imagine why. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about it. It's like, yeah, I want to go to Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> she, You're yeah, keeping she her from what... Chipotle. And just this bizarre life. This is not what she expected at all. What in the right. world? And she but honestly... support. I mean, you know, that's love. You got to go. You and know, from her perspective, she said, I don't think, in. I don't think uh, he's going to win. So it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, nah, I don't think he's going <laughs> to. We're going to try, but she's sitting there. Son of a. <laughs> yeah. Every... No. What? <laughs> Rolling her eyes through every victory. Just because she's because it's the pack. Like I was saying in the start, it's the packaging. He's got the packaging. You know, he shakes the hands, puts a smile, says the pretty thing, and everybody's just like, "Wow!" And yeah. she because she's she knows his game. She just goes, "Oh Jesus, here we go!" Yeah. <laughs> and then it he steps out one national stage, and then now it's a virus through millions of Americas. It's just like what kind of the whole time giant eye roll did she give while he's just like, "Ah, uh, <laughs> he's gonna do it." Here we go. <laughs> nah, but she was supportive. Yeah. Um, so she goes into a lot of the little details about how her life is changing, being more in the public eye. Going back to the motherhood stuff, she's thinking about how her kids are taking all of this because now they're traveling all over the place and they're, you know, what does this mean for your father trying to run to be the president? Mm -hmm. And she said it was such a relief to be around them because they didn't care at all. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. And they're just like, is dad president yet? No? All right. Cool. What does that mean? What's <laughs> for dinner? Yeah, they don't, they don't know anything. Um, <laughs> Where's my gushers? Right. She... <laughs> yeah. No, she says, there's, that's funny. There's, they're, they're doing this interview thing. And this is, she regrets because this is the first time. They tried to keep them out of the political sphere, the family stuff. She's the shield for them because they didn't ask for this. Um, but they're going to do a photo shoot and they're at this carnival. She turns around. One of her kids is her face painted full like a panda bear. Like, we can't do a photo shoot. But then she realizes, Rock like, oh, roll. they're just, a, they're just yeah. kids. Yeah. You know, like, this is what they're going to do. They, I wish they, clean, they cleaned it off, but I wish. like a panda. <laughs> I wish there was a photo. I know. Of, I do, do. Yeah. But they, they, took, they, they were just like, oh, you got to clean it off. It's like that. I I'll wish. Take the photo. 
Yeah, but I of think nowadays... The, of all the photos you'll take, the hundreds of thousands of photos you'll take together... This is like Why for can't a professional this one just be publication. Well, but <laughs> one of one of her, they but, got the one with the panda. <laughs> but yeah, she was constantly saying how people are now, you know, subjecting to all of this criticism. People dug up her Princeton thesis and were making fun of it. People are analyzing the speeches Jeez. that she's giving. People are and the so trolls. She's, yeah, and so she's like, I I still care about what people think. This this insecurity of hers, which she's addressing, yeah. which we all have. It's election day. They don't know what's going to happen. Bum, 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 bum. Um, he wins. On the way to the speech, her kids are confused. There's no cars around. This is when she knows that things have changed. Because mm. they've already blocked all the side streets. He's the president-elect. They've got the train of cars. Nobody can access. It's like, oh, now our life is crazy different. Oh. Because they've already got it on lock. Just he won on the way to where he's giving the speech. They've already blocked off all the roads. They're already in isolation. Oh, wow. Bulletproof glass. It's all there. So she's like, oh, this is what we signed up for. The transfer of power is upon. And now it's <laughs> real. <laughs> Here, do you feel the weight of it? Yeah. <laughs> so now that the last part of the book gets into all of the, the what it's like being a first lady. It was a, she, a good because she does mostly talk about the effect on the kids, the effect on her relationship, yeah, her um, efforts yeah. as being a first lady and not just being the waving smiling, doting wife on the side. Out. She realized, though, that was the precedent set by all these other first ladies. And so she was like, it's unavoidable what that impression is. And they elected Barack, not me. Right? So, like, Hillary got in trouble for that when Bill was president, because it's like, it's not your job to figure out policy and do all this. Like she went through all the proper channels. She was saying like, I had to talk to my team who then talked to Barack's team who then talked to Barack. Like if it's about that kind of stuff, Yeah, yeah. obviously not yeah. at the dinner table, but like, <laughs> but I can't just be like, Hey Barack, what do you think about this for gun? You know what I mean? Like right, it's, you right. can't do yeah. that. There are, that's why it exists. Even yeah. though I'm his wife and I'm sleeping next to him. Um, but what she did realize was that the Americans, their view, their look on the first lady and utilizing that for these efforts and these endeavors mm -hmm. that she wants to implement. She cares about kids. She cares about obesity and about the school system and education and gardening and provide, you know, like all this stuff. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, Ellen invites her on the show, do push-ups, you know, prove, yeah. that, you know, like be, be that sort of pop culture celebrity type person that he can't be. Well, that's how you get their attention, and then you can start talking about what you want. To. And then she, yeah, exactly. And she was like, I'm not just going to do this fluff stuff. And she was pushing back, or her team was pushing back and being like, hey, like, being on the cover of Vogue is going to present the wrong image because it's going to look like you're fashionista, hoity-toity, unrelatable. And she yeah. was like, no, like, any more chances that a black woman can be on the cover of Vogue, yeah. I'm going to do it. Any, And then in the my article, yeah. I can talk about the efforts that I'm doing right. or I'm going to go do some, you know, thing with some family and it's going to get publicity and then they can talk about, you know, veterans being reintegrated into the workplace after yeah. they come back. It's like that. I'm, I'm just how, where the lens is looking at. I'm going to talk I about can, my stuff. Yeah. I'll, please put the lens on me so I can talk about my stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think that that was that, but that took time for her to understand she relates in the book. So balancing uh, Michelle's, you know, 
personal life with the White House stuff. I didn't realize this. Just a little tidbit. I'm all about them tidbits. Um, <laughs> one of those tasty nibs. One of the tasty nibs is the president gets paid. There's all this stuff that they pay for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not putting out expense to fly right. to Saudi Arabia right. to have a meeting. like that. That's on the company, yeah. America. <laughs> but except for rent in the White House, they have to use their budget that they get paid to pay for all this stuff. So even though they have a private chef that cooks them meals and they have parties and, you know, they if they want to buy a new sofa, they have to pay for that hmm. from his budget yeah. and from their budget. Yeah. I mean, he's getting money he gets advances in, from the book, and like, like they have the president four hundred thousand dollars, something. Like I think that? It, maybe yeah. it changed, but from what I knew, it was yeah four hundred k. You can buy so. But it was funny because she was saying, you know, their staff is so intuitive. So the food and, even is part the of food that. Even. That's interesting. So, now so, that's so, interesting. So here's what I would was, be like. That could be facilities and part of just the no, White no, no, House no, no, run. No. Okay. Gotcha. So she was saying, cool. you know, they would they would be doing something, and Barack would mention to some staff or how he liked this sushi, and then she would get the bill because they added it. Or they like served it four more times because he said he liked it because they're just trying to please him. Right. They're trying to make yeah, his life easier. Yeah. And they're like, and she's like, no, 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 come to me because he can't just be saying he likes something. And then we spend a bunch of money on fancy yeah. sushi. That was a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> we just blew so much. But they didn't even ask. They were just like, oh, he says he likes this. Right, let's yeah, let's put it on the menu. This rotation. is what the president likes. She's like, no, 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 don't put it on the menu rotation. That's hilarious. I want to I want to talk to the guy that was in that in between. Like, don't get the bill to him. Give him to me. Like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> What am I doing? I want that like I want, that guy should be the animated Pixar short. <laughs> that that tiny slice, yeah. yeah. The the sous chef of the White House. Yeah. Um her I didn't know this, and this was purposefully kept off the radar. Her mom, who's from the South Side, after her dad died and then Brock becomes president, she lived with them in the White House the whole time. What? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Super low profile. Nobody knew it was her mom. I mean, the people knew it was her mom, but it's like she could just go out the side entrance. So like go Fox pick up something. News never like found out about that. And was like Barack Obama hiding relatives in the White House. Oh, the Obamas can't pay their rent. You know, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm amazed I never heard that. Michelle's That's mom was awesome. super opposed to it, but it was she was such an influence in her life. Yeah. Had been involved is living, you know, just the self-starter. Like you got to do it on your own. But she agreed to live with him. She had her own room. She did her own stuff. She, you know, ate by herself a lot of the time. Sublet in the White House. Sub, (laughs) y'all. Well, because she was like, you know, you got to have your family time. He's coming home at nine o'clock at night doing stuff. Like, I'm not going to sit there and have... She went up to her room and ate. (laughs) But yeah, all eight years was there. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't either. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I really love that. Yeah. I I mean, that's dope. So just another interesting thing, which I have thought about. Yeah. There's another book called What It Takes, which follows George Bush Sr.'s presidency. Right. I think I heard about that one too. Um, But the amount of logistics and effort in order for them to do anything, the machine that follows them, the weight, as she describes it. They went out on a date in New York, go to a dinner, go see a play. Simple. The fact that um, and she addresses it. She's like, we were a nuisance. 
I felt so bad anytime I did anything. It's like even the Secret Service, they would want us to just stay in the White House and do nothing because all of the logistics that go into play, they're going to this thing. They got to have the private flight. They got to have sniper crews on the rooftops. They got to block all the side yeah, it's streets. Yeah, everywhere you go. Everybody that goes into this restaurant, they had to sweep it ahead of time. All the people that came in after them, they had to set up special metal detectors for them to go through. The play is 45 minutes late. All these other people that book tickets because they got to do go through a separate security thing. It's like... It's I don't, like I don't if you want... were an actor in your real life and the crew had to just follow you around. <laughs> and, 20 car and make it happen parade. as you walked around. Yeah. Ahead and before you. And so she's like, I don't, I don't want to be in... I mean, I'm ruining a lot ah, of people's yeah. Friday nights in New York on 6th Street because we just wanted to have an hour and a half away from the White House. And then we get enormously criticized by the media for wasting money and wasting time. And it's like... Like you said, at what point is it like, well, this is the trade-off. Yeah. Do if you hire a politician for something, do they never get to do anything? Yeah. What if what if that is a part of it? It's like, oh, they need to be just together and have dinner because that will support both of their mental health and relationship. <laughs> it's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. But she's she she said, you know, we were we were a nuisance. It's just a part of it. It's such I, I was the main takeaway that I got from this is it's such a huge machine. It's such a huge system. Yeah. Um, to be the center of it, to be the focus of it. Yeah. Walking around and clearance and planning weeks before you do any, before you go anywhere. It's like, okay, you're going to go to that mall and visit that store. Two weeks of prep, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hundreds of yeah. people. Yeah. Convenienced or inconvenienced. I'm window, just going to do every window along the route, you know, it's like yeah. every rooftop, every, every, in, every way in and out of every room you're in. And the fact that it's like, oh, I wasn't going to miss my kid's fever in Hawaii. Now this secret service agent is missing his, his. mom in the hospital. It's mm-hmm. like, that must weigh. So I can't oh, even man. imagine yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I wonder, I mean, I feel like you would start to get personal with them and being like, you're, you're you know, like you need this. Please, can yeah. we switch them out? You she know, said like, these are my closest. We became right. so close I would imagine, to all of the White uh, House that's staff. That's cool. Yeah. So Michelle continues at the finality of this presidency. Um, she starts giving more speeches and branching out. Um, she's big on, she says her, one of her favorite things is these commencement speeches. And I like that she specifically is going to places where they would not be able to afford her or they could not, mm, that's they nice. would not even ask her. She's like, she says right. in the book, she says, Princeton and Harvard, you don't need me. Right. Right. You got plenty of people that yeah. can come and pay and get paid and, and talk you don't about need the, the amazing and you... things that they've done. Yeah. So I like that a lot. Um, and she gives a speech at the DNC for Hillary. Hmm. That she, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That probably, maybe I'll put great. a link to that. Yeah. Too. That was pretty yeah. great. It'd be interesting side by side to see his speech in 2004 and hers. Right. And people were wondering even then if that was going to be parallel, if she would go down that path. So mm-hmm. I guess not. Um, yeah. And just the All final. of us clenching our chest. That's okay. <laughs> what if your life? It's fine. Don't do what you don't want to do. Goodbye. But yeah, she leaves. They hope, leave. Hope we can believe it. She's 54 now. Makes sense. Time passes. Isn't that weird? <laughs> the title of the book, Becoming. There's always more growing to be done. That's what she sort of ends it on. She ends it on... Because she's still becoming? Yeah. I guess that's the idea. That's true. Yeah. And an optimism for the future. It's in the kids. 
Because everybody, I'm sure, is like, oh, how'd you get to be you? You know, I'm, sure, well, I'm still am. Yeah, I'm, I got yeah. so much. That was all of these sections of my life. And now, here I am. Let's do it, you know? Nice. That's her life. Or what I found interesting, at least. All right. So we're going to break into our topics here. Doing it a little differently this week. Uh, we're not going to break them down so so hardcore for you, you know, one after another. We're going to just go through we're some gonna, concepts. Yeah, we're gonna, more, more concepts here because this is so much and there's you could pull, you, you could read this for a year straight and pull so many different angles out of it. So we're going to, a little bit more conversational. Um, and tell us, you know, let us know if you like that or not. Illiterate at email.com. You know, I like the other, you know, go back to the five. Uh, let us know, uh, you know. We'll see how it works out. But, Here we go. Um, I wanted to go, you know, going into the topics, I wanted to go back to the, tr the, that moment of like the training wheels coming off when she was, she's at the piano and she knows where C is and her, an irregular piano. But then, you know, going into the other concert hall, the game's changed. My, my tell's gone. Yeah. I've got to be on my game for real. It's like, it's the, the sobering moment of, <sighs> entering a, a almost a playing field with with worthy competitors yeah. and now you know now you've got to you've really it's time for the show for the yeah. real deal no no more training wheels i think there was a there's a that's a such a common thing that people have that she has throughout that she refers back to that moment as a metaphor for all of these gatekeeping moments in her life where she's go thrust into a new situation yeah. or doesn't feel worthy or like she got the same training or the same background or mm. is kind of, we all have this, what they call imposter syndrome right. now where it's like everybody gets freaked out and thinks, they're not good why enough. did I, yeah, this isn't me. Yeah. But it's like you're the Even CEO when you did, of a, you know, yeah, like... you, <laughs> yeah, you made it. This didn't happen by accident unless you won the lottery. But even still, you scratched a ticket. Like, you did something. Right. Yeah. It's like you didn't get here by accident. Yeah. It wasn't your doing or not. It was both. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it was not just by the winds of the way that yeah. you lead your life Very, like this. At least. That's what she's trying to relate to, right. to kids with now especially is... You know, it takes these things, but all along the way, you're going to be like, where's my middle C? Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking for that, looking for the, I don't know, the starting point, yeah. the base, yeah. home base. Like, what am I, what am I grounded in? Yeah. What else you got? Um, the other one, obviously, I think that, that it was just the right people, right time in your life of just somebody saw something was wrong and did you know took action to either say it or help you correct it or you know whatever it was mm -hmm. um so obviously i'd already told my my tidbit about that but um and it just being you know about the education system but yeah uh because everybody has oh, i think everybody's got their personal heroes she balances it out to being saying the guidance counselor at the, even at that better high school or high school for smarter people mm. was like, you're not Princeton material. You know, there's also, there's not right. only the people that are at the right place at the right time, your parents or you might not your lack know of it, parents though. or whatever, but there's such a, there's also the detractors right. who you have to 
not believe, and that's a fine line. Yeah. Maybe they come at the right place in the right time all the same. Yeah. And just give more than but you get. But knowing where they stand, you yeah. know, what that is when it comes your way. I think that that's nice that you mentioned right place, right time, or people, right time, because I think maybe we touched on this, but she is doing that now with this book. Because if she had written the book in the White House, that would have been at the wrong time right. to try and, you know, do those things. But she has to, she understands that her role in this time is to be the person that her outfit gets commented on. Right. <laughs> and then now she can say, forget all that mess. Yeah. This is, this is the real deal. The way that I can influence. That also kind of ties back well, it's into like she the couldn't people. have written this book 15 years ago because it hadn't had, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like you have, that's on, all, I'm bringing it back to the title. It's like, you know, you're still on your journey. Yeah. It's not all right now all the time. And it's like just because you haven't achieved everything you want to yet or you've got something that feels like such a pipe dream, it's like you're you know, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> like hold on, you're still figuring it out all yeah. the time. She still is at fifty four. It's like that's part that is that's what the title means. Yeah. She's still It'd be weird if it was now, became still, Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's not. Is is it takes it takes you living your life and gaining this experience to be able to grow in those directions and then to be able to turn it around for people in a, in a, in a way to say like, this is what I've learned. Yeah. It, you've got to, you know, walk the walk first before you can go like, Oh, that was a walk. Yeah. I think an interesting point tying into that is how her story is expressed to the public before his just the fact that you look at it, and for a lot of people, and the historical context is, oh, you are the glass doll who's designed to support the president mm. and just look good and not kick ass and take names and have your own initiatives, or they don't really matter, and you hobnob with the senator's wives right, and yeah. all of that stuff. And the fact that I think, I mean, I didn't know very much about her in the time that she was the first lady. Right. Me and history proves it out. But I have the cultural conception of that role being very undefined because you're not elected. You're not in an office. It's like typically you choose an issue. That right. They, they have an issue that but they it's just almost hit home all the time. Societally yeah. mandated. Like you're the first lady. Care about drugs. Care about yes, this. Care exactly. about it's always, that. It's almost, it's almost exclusively humanitarian issues. Yeah. Um and and, and so that that's what it's become is is just what are they wearing and how are they feeding children you know ba like that's what what it was and if they weren't that then they were definitely irrelevant and that was the other part of it that I knew growing up in the United States is that it, they either don't matter and don't care or they haphazardly care about one thing that everybody told them to yeah and this is why it's so interesting that this book is the way that it is and like you said this very sort of you get goosebumps thinking about the title because that was his thing at the right. time. And it's explicit, like, okay, well, these are the sacrifices that she made in support of him. They're a very, you know, matched couple. She was on her ambitions. She was, you know, and is as formidable of a force, maybe not. And she says, I'm not going to be a politician, but what is she going to do after this it, that can contribute and be It's interesting because he's almost in a... In a tougher predicament now because he actually has to reinvent himself because he reached the grass glass ceiling yeah. so how do you 
do anything else. A grass ceiling or a glass ceiling? I corrected myself. <laughs> Thank you. I did it for myself. I did it on myself for myself. <laughs> of myself Taylor. preposition. Uh, <laughs> but he's at the yeah. top. He, he, he hit the top. And it's so like winning the gold medal in the Olympics. What's he going to do now? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, is he going to, you know, what is he going to do now? How, how is he still becoming Barack Obama if he was already the leader of the free world? Looking at it that way, the becoming title, and then looking at Barack, I'm like, oh, God, what is he going to do? <laughs> like, well, thank God she's, you know, she's, to, hell yeah, becoming, you know, yeah. like, but like, well, he became, you know, yeah. like, you just imagine what is him he now? <laughs> either, either, either sitting in a rocker on the beaches of Hawaii doing nothing. It's yeah. like, what, is that a legacy? We don't Shooting want that. Hoops, but you then know, also, if it? he's, if he's, you know, torn by, like, what, does he does he have an obligation to do anymore? Yeah, you know, right. And but then, who 40 is forty years and forty? I guess years. he's a dad, but I mean, Those yeah. But it's like, yeah. I wonder what that. Well, we won't know until he writes his next book. But I guess you can but, bet when that book comes out, we go. Well, here we go. Illiterate twenty forty eight. That next book coming out, from it's supposed to come out this year. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, then we'll do the Obama double hitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Panda face. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk about Panda Face. I thought that was, that was a big one for me because I wish they had kept it. And because the idea, like, because there seems to be this this large pressure of her, just like she's chosen this life for her for her kids. But that seems like a moment to really give that give that childhood back to them. It's like this is the day that she dressed like you know that she painted her face like a panda, and that's the day it happened. And the news is gonna whatever why you know whatever newspaper was taking that photo. They got the panda face one. Yeah. It's like, that's what happened in that child's day. You got a picture of her. It's like, you you know, not everybody's walking down the street expecting their kids to be photographed and publicized everywhere. So yeah. I think let that them have it. it's, uh, yeah, I, I guess I have empathy for, we were talking about how there's all of these other people involved in the situation of even them going on a date and how there's so many factors involved and mm -hmm. it's like when i have no idea but when you're in that position of power to say what okay, it looks like and what are the power, implications yeah. of this it's not just about me it's about the hundreds of people that are staffed for me mm -hmm. and just because i want my kid to have a childhood experience in one foot you have to constantly and that's yeah. why people that are in positions of power or people that have some sort of leadership or leverage over other people it's like nobody's working for you you're actually right. working yeah. for everybody else and so to do the mental calculus socially, societally, geopolitically, it seems over the top because it's a kid's face painted like a panda. But that's why I'm not in a position of power because well, I don't have the wherewithal. My thing is, is like if you don't, if if the kid needs his face, needs their face washed to take this photo, you just don't get the kid. If you don't like him like that, then you don't get him. Yeah. Why? Well, and it's, yeah, I think that's the. That's the, that's the call though. Yeah. That's the balance. And, and it's one isolated incident that she writes about in the book, right. but I'm sure every single day it was like the, the, how do, how do, how are my kids being affected by this? Is this too much? Is this too, too little? But I think, the, <laughs> what are you saying? You know, just to be on the, on that line, it's, they have chosen that life. The children did not, you know, right. so. But no Altering. kid ever chooses to live. Sure, <laughs> like sure. But does but does that mean that they get to? I mean, they have a different experience. But are they not allowed to have the panda face? <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, Not really. I mean, it's it's I. If I th- I say they are, and maybe they shouldn't be photographed. <laughs> you know, like they should have their panda face and their child, and that's that's all the reason a parent ever needs to give for their child to not be photographed. It's almost especially the president of the United States, because the children definitely are entitled to their own privacy to a degree. Yeah. So they get their panda face, and the news is just going to have Barack and, you know, Barack and me, you know, I think for the, I think for the most part, they did successfully accomplish that. Um, I'm not like Lane, I don't (laughs) wash the face off, you know, but it's just an interesting moment. Um, it's very interesting. I also loved it that she loved Chipotle. So that's an easy thing to talk about with people. It's and Chipotle like, should get on that. Yeah, Chipotle is easy. And so you'd just be like, you know, Michelle Obama loves Chipotle. That was her refuge. <laughs> she had a breakdown outside Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> it's in her book. She was sitting in her car eating a burrito. I love it. That's and then the fact that you also talked about how she can't ever do that anymore. Yeah, never again. Isn't that wild? Ever. It's just now she's a, almost like a different person, a different life. Yeah, because no going back. it's and, and it's different from the celebrity culture of, oh, I can put shades on and maybe the paparazzi won't see me. It's like, no, you have so security for no, hour detail. Yeah, you have protection around you and they might be undercover, but they're it's like you can never. I'm one of the world's most important people. <laughs> yeah. And now you're doing this book tour. You're all over the place. You're definitely going to be Got your mom in the White House. Covert. Nobody knows or their own secret entrance. Yeah. Mom in the White House? I love it. I I can't believe they kept that quiet. Could you imagine? Maybe it wasn't quiet, but it was just not... Really? ...that nobody knew. Maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. I th- I was flabbergasted. I, yeah, I would imagine that Fox would have been all over that or something. Like, somebody would have twisted that into some horrible headline about yeah. something <laughs> horrible. Yeah. But there's so many rooms also. It's like 120 rooms and right. 15 That's bathrooms. Like, and sure. <laughs> Why Come not? on. May liven the place up. Be interesting around here. Yeah. Be a grandma. Yeah. Hang out with your grandkids. Hang out with these kids while I'm, you know, fighting the world's battles. Bullying and obesity and all this stuff. Yeah. Golly. What do you think, Taylor? Does that just about wrap it up? No, I think that was it. I think that gives people a lot yeah. of a lot of things to go out in the world. I knew nothing about Michelle Obama before this. Yeah, you're not. You weren't. You weren't. You're. You're not like big in politics or anything like that. So no. this must have been a whole new world. It was you. awesome. I listened to the audio book also. Oh which yeah. Which she reads. How was that? Very good. Yeah. She's a great orator. Ooh. It's long though. It's nineteen hours. Oh. <laughs> but if me, you like her voice, I think me on that road trip. Yeah. <laughs> or read it. I'm sure you can read faster than that. But yeah, it was nice. It must be cool to have her tell it to you though mm-hmm. is that just about do it yeah that's cool it. okay all righty woo well that i've learned a lot you look evan's looking for a word to sum it all up yeah I don't, it, well it's it's inspiring that even somebody so incredible is still feeling like they're working at it and giving and becoming like they're still growing they're still learning and yeah so it's nice to be in a me in your mid twenties and not feel like you, <laughs> you, you don't know, know like, nothing. Yeah, so it's nice to hear and be like, oh, one of the most like influential people in the world still feels like they're coming into themselves. And she's so. grateful to the people in the past that have inspired her, and she's yeah. recognizing 
her flaws and the things that were not so great about being in this position and wanting to give back because of that. And fantastic, fantastic, love it. All right, everybody, boys and girls, hope you guys like that. But um, illiterate at email.com. Uh, let us know what you liked this week. Uh, we tried some different things. Uh, just trying to formulate the show, trying to make something that you guys will be into. So shoot us an email. You'll You're get on that get, list. Yeah, you'll get links. I'm going to put up other interviews that Michelle Obama has done. Maybe some archival video from when she gave a speech, when Barack gave a speech. Yeah, the Democratic speeches. All kinds of stuff. So yeah, hit up that email, illiterateatemail.com. Get on that list so you get all this extra goodies. And uh, yeah, talk at us later. Thanks, guys. See y'all.